Hi everyone, welcome back to our little green pasture. Well, I'm back. I'm still slightly under the weather, but I would rather be here slightly under the weather than sleeping or laying on my couch staring out. Like King David said, I will praise the Lord while I have any being. I'm telling you, I know it's just the way God created me. I know it because I have a tenacious I'm going to get up. I'm going to do it. Not because I'm trying to prove anything to myself, not because I'm trying to even prove anything to God, but there's just something in me that wants to just get up. And I know it's that regenerated life in me, the spirit in me. And even when I was feeling really bad a couple of weeks ago, I was still staring out in some haze, but I was inside in the temple. I was thinking about the Lord as much as I could. And Wow. Okay. So I don't want to spend any really more time on myself about being sick, but today I want to talk with you about Jesus Christ. I'm naming this message, Jesus Christ, Master of Time and Eternity. And before I get started, I'm going to pray. Father in heaven, I praise you and I thank you that you are from everlasting to everlasting. I thank you, Jesus, that you created everything. This is by you do all and, and through you do all things consist for you created all things, whether things that are seen or things that are not seen. You know, the end from the beginning. I praise you, Lord. I praise you in the heights. I praise your name over this message. I pray that you will have the preeminence and that you will have, that you will be the centerpiece, the center focus of this message. And I will 100% depend on you, Lord, that you will open up a fountain in me, an inflooding of your Holy Spirit. And that, Lord, you will speak through me, though I know I'll be using my words. Lord, let them hear your sound. I pray you lead me in this message. I pray that you quicken my spirit, that you quicken the spirits uh, in the hearts of every single person that will hear this. I pray that you bless this message and that, Lord, that you will send it to whom you want it to land upon. And that, Lord, I lift it up to you. I commend it over to you completely, and I commit it all to you, my human best, filled with your Holy Spirit, to the praise of your glory and grace. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. So today I want to talk about, well, you heard the things I said. You know, let me just start right here. Any of you who have come away, come a long way or some way or a long way, that means that you've lived, have lived a long time. Remember, I'm still under the weather, so if I stumble over words or sound kind of funny, it's because I'm not 100%, but I praise the Lord that I'm not 100%. Somehow, there's an ease to be able to just let it go and just lean on that everlasting arm. But back to what I was saying. 
you have memories, you have bad memories. And not just the, you know, one class of bad memories. I'm talking about one find, and those are the what ifs. What if that wouldn't have happened? What if I wasn't born to these parents? What if I had other parents? What if I lived in that neighborhood? What if I would have married someone else? What if I would have taken that different job? What if I, what if, what if, what if? I mean, come on, fill in the blanks, there are a million of them. And so, but the ones that I'm really pointing out are the ones that for me, I know God has healed me from them. I know that they're far, far in my past. They're basically waters under the bridge and well out to sea. But I noticed that lately the enemy has been tempting me, coming around. And you know, he doesn't just come and whisper subtle. He's very subtle. But he'll inject poignant feelings like little uh, fiery darts, but they're not really noticeable. You just think at first it's yourself. Because let's face it, being human, we're just going to have what I call bubble memories. We're going to look back at our life. It's just natural. It's very human. And we're going to ask the what if questions. What if that didn't happen to me? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have gone through all of that. And, you know, I was really struggling with this. I got to tell you, I think for weeks on end, I don't even know how long. I'm not going to even try and put a time frame on it. And then I would notice the strength of it that would happen was during Bible reading time. It was so obvious. I knew, I thought, you know, it takes me a, real, a really short time. I said, oh, Lord, I wish those memories didn't exist. And, Lord, they're in the past. And I would find myself like I was spending more time trying to deflect these thoughts that were coming into my mind with images and and there were some times that it became powerful and I would even shed a tear and I would even find myself again going Lord I'm so sorry oh only uh, what if that would have happened I would not have been there and then that wouldn't have happened and and then I found that it was taking up like it was attacking me during Bible reading time when I just that's what what I call living at the well and I had and I had noticed that no matter what I was doing to push the enemy away, telling the Lord, Lord, I know you have forgiven me for these things. I know it went the way it was supposed to go. Um, the past is the past. Today is today. You're the God of my day. You're the God of my tomorrow and the next day and forever. But I noticed that it kept getting stronger and stronger. And it was, like I said, so obvious. And I thought, you know, the enemy just does not want me receiving anything from the living word because he knows that when I sit down with the, the Lord's word, I'm not just reading ink and paper. My heart is wide open to receive from the Holy Spirit. I'm dwelling in his word. I'm not just reading through. I mean, this is the honeycomb and it's as thick and it is rich as honey. You can only take a little bit at a time and I'm tasting it and I'm seeing for myself that the Lord is good, you know, and I, and I even look at the word, if I may add this, you know, in first John, where it says, uh, John was saying about Jesus, that which, uh, what we have handled, whom we have seen and whom we have handled, that is the word of life, right? 
And so I look at the tangibility of the word um, spirit, like a spiritual tangibility saying, yeah, and I tell the Lord, Lord, I know I'm reading ink and paper with these eyes, but I know that the teacher within me, the Holy Spirit is seeing through my eyes and he's teaching me and he's, he's, in, he's illuminating passages and he's causing me to dwell in little parts where I found gold veins and nuggets. So I always think to myself, when the enemy goes over overboard like that, that's because he's afraid. And when he does that to you, it's because he's afraid. He's afraid of what Jesus is about to tell you. He is afraid of that light that is blasting forth from his written word because it's immune to destruction. Satan may be able to twist God's word, but the Lord says in two places in Psalm 12, 7 and uh, Psalm 146, 6, it says he keeps truth forever. So the Holy Spirit is so like when you just open yourself to the word, that is such a great and grave threat to the devil because he knows that when you zero in on something, because that word, when you see something zeroed in, it's like that word is written in light and it is shining with an eternal shine. It is shining and it is manifesting to you the beauty of the Lord. God means us to go deeper. He means us to grow in height and in stature. And he means us to be deeply rooted and grounded. He means us to be great fruit bearing trees unto our father. And so it's a threat to Satan when you open up your Bible. It is a threat to him. It is a threat to him when you pray. And don't ever think that your prayers are just like, oh, well, Lord, I, I, I feel so like my prayers don't go any higher than the ceiling. It's like, let me say to you, oh, yes, they do. And I can prove that they do because it says he hears the prayers of the lowly. He, he hears and answers the prayers of the humble and contrite ones. So never think that. That's, see, that's the thing I'm going to talk about with you today. You know, Satan is a created being that fell, right? And so we know that he is a, a horrible spirit. I mean, we can go all day long what that murderer is and that liar is and that tempter, that deceiver, all of that, that filthy, evil Satan, right? So we know that what he is is what he is. So he causes us to sin or to slightly um, become drawn away and tempted if we are not careful. And I'll be honest, I was like, I was well aware of what was happening to me. And yet he has power. He does have power. And I'm not giving him credit, but let's just say the truth. He has power no matter what. Now, let me say this. Um, he, Satan's greatest thing to do to you and to do to me, his greatest act is to get the believer to dethrone God within them. That's his greatest act because, and where does it begin? He, be, he begins right here in the mind. And see, he has a different temptation for everybody. Now, there's those that have been a believer a longer time. And like, they'll be able to detect instantly. This is the enemy because I know what's happening to myself. 
But when there is an onslaught, an onslaught when it's on top of you and you're like, what is this? And it can take days to get rid of it. Okay. It's not that God is not take some days, but there's things that we're learning in a war. So never think, well, I've been praying to God. I've been coming against what the enemy is doing and attacking me in my mind and trying to deter me and in making it harder for me to read my Bible. You know, there has to come something up that rises up within you that go. That's like those, what um, about being tenacious. Um, you know, God made me a tenacious person even before I got saved. I was like a, just a tenacious person. Like I, I just always was very strong that way. Now, as a believer and as a fighter, I am very tenacious, but now in the spirit, okay? Because I don't go into any flesh battles with the enemy. I go straight to him and I put him between me and the enemy. I always set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. Therefore, I shall not be moved. But when I get attacked like that, um, I'm well aware it's the enemy because, well, as I just explained to you, well, how I knew. Um, but I stand up against it no matter what condition that I'm in because I'm well aware of what he's doing because there's something God is doing in my future, in my today's that have to do for tomorrow, that play off into the next week, and that play off more and more into my next week, as long as the Lord tarries. And I mean that for you. I may be speaking about myself, but this is much for you, as it is for me. Because, he, see, Satan will stop at nothing to get in between you and the Lord. You know, I love something Ravenhill said, Leonard Ravenhill. He said, if anything gets between me and reading my Bible, no matter how innocent it may seem, that is my enemy. And so sometimes you have to fight to read the word. And you know what? It's well worth the fight because there's something in there Jesus is going to show you about him. I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to start here, okay? In Isaiah 57, 15, it says, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also. That is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So we see here basically what he's saying is, is I inhabit time and eternity there's there's not a moment in your life uh, even when you were doing what sinners do when i was doing what sinners do he was still master of the time that i was living in those days and he was master over those days you were living no matter what sins you were committing he can only be master of time and eternity our times are truly in his hands. You know, I saw a letter written by Samuel Rutherford dated 1640. He's by probably next to Gurnall, William Gurnall, my most favorite, beloved Puritan author. But he speaks of how hard it is to be patient if we allow our thoughts to become stuck among the confused rollings and wheelings of second causes. And by this, he means 
all the times we say, if only I hadn't been in the wrong place, or if only I'd gone a different time. He's meaning a subtle temptation to link together earthly causes and effects. The fight against this temptation to escape the confused, grinding second wheels of this human logic. He cries to you and me from across history. And he tells us to look up and to look to the master motion and the first wheel. You know, I was thinking about, which was very interesting that this even came up, you know, during these times I was struggling with this. And by the way, I was in prayer to God. I was like, Lord, speak to me about this. Speak to me about this. I want victory over this. I don't want anything having power over me. And I'll tell you something. When these things happen to me, I welcome the lesson that's coming in it. I'm not just like, get off of me, get off of me. I'm like, no, you know what? It's going to have to go. And then and see the thing that I want to make very clear to you is if it does not go away right away, there is a lesson in it for you. I'm telling you the truth that there is. There is something in it and you have to go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I trust you will rid me of it. But what is it? Do you want me to see? Is there something in me? Is there something not yet? dealt with in me something left in me that is a that is open to the enemy perhaps or allowing the enemy to somehow keep poking me as a weak place because i do that i'm like hey look i'm a, i call myself an ever student of christ so have at it i want to grow in the grace and knowledge of god i want to be healed but i want to also and i tell him all the time lord teach me what you want me to know well, when you say that to him, get ready, because it's not going to be exactly what you think it's going to be. You're, it's not going to be well. you're going to get some greater insight into the crucifixion. It's not going to be your greater insight into redemption power. It's not going to be it's not going to be a uh, more of a understanding. Into some Old Testament doctrines, it may be the very thing is. I'm going to teach you about something in you or something about the devil or who knows what it is, but be open to the fact it may be with you as it was with me. And so back to what I was saying, you know, I was, I was remembering, I was reading something Amy Carmichael said in uh, one of her books I was reading and she said, you know, cause we know that she went to a village. There was a story where she, um, went to a village and they were only going to stay there. She went with a few people. She was only going to stay there for a few days. There was an orphanage there. And so that night she got out of bed to go use the restroom. And there was a, uh, there was a pit dug where no pit was supposed to be. And she had a crippling fall. And she herself went into the confused rollings and wheels of second causes. And you know what? She said, you know, because that's that's natural. Why, do, Lord, why did that happen to me? If that didn't, what if that didn't happen to me? I'm sure she thought those things. I could be, I could have gone to the other orphanages I had set up. I had these other things planned, but that didn't happen. Instead, she said that all that that she was doing, because she was doing that, she said it never helped. It did not do anything. It, it added nothing. And she said, she came to the conclusion the lord allowed it 
and there are and there and so far she was concerned she said he did it he himself and i say that all that he does is good now let me be clear you know when somebody we love gets in a car accident or you or some terrible thing whatever it may be that's not from god that's not what she meant i know because i read her book but i'm talking about after the fact like lord you saw this coming you allowed it to come and you know he was master over that time that she fell in that pit and twisted her spine and broke her leg and her ankle and but after that she lay in bed for the next 21 years and she wrote 30 i think 36 or 38 books and poems and powerful writings i'm reading today think about that the the, the things that i've been learning from her through my life and you too if those things that thing did not happen to her we would not have received the rich wealth and treasure through that vessel that said amen lord it is good it is it's okay you are the lord you know 18 days before that happened to her she said a member of her the, their fellowship at home in london there was a person there and he said he was suddenly caused to feel the danger a danger threatening him and he prayed and he prayed not an easy prayer of the unconcerned but he he prayed this intense prayer like one like be like a great burden rolled upon him and a sense of fear tried to overwhelm him like a terror by night and he continued on i don't know how long but he just kept praying and praying and praying until he felt the lord had received his prayer like the lord took it up that was three weeks before and he told her in that letter he said it was you i was praying for you don't know, listen see god is time jesus christ is master of time and eternity but see when the enemy comes in during the thing that happens to us it's a natural thing yes to say why did this happen to me why did this happen to me what what if it didn't happen to me i had these plans to serve the lord or i had plans i was going to get married i had plans i was going to i was going to go here and do this i have plans and now everything is shattered and here i am see god knew it would happen he's not happy that it happened he's not happy in the tragic circumstances or unfortunate things that happen in life he's not up there like that that's not who he is that's not how our god is but see he knows that there are things that he is going to do in that brokenness in that despair in that con confused kind of what is happening to me kind of thing and you know i can honestly say about my own life looking back at the what ifs i say to myself yeah i can do this all day long but when the lord started really moving in my heart this last week i started to see more clearly that god has been master of my time of time and eternity over my life ever since i was born since i was conceived in my mother's womb same with you you know I, I i was thinking about how often so many of us everybody who loves the lord says this 
Lord, I wonder if you could ever use me, right? We say that. Could we ever use me? Because our thought life is what? What is your thought? I mean, I can't tell you what you're thinking, but if you're one of those who says, I wish the Lord could use me. You know, I I think that the truth is, it's not about that the Lord uses us. Because I think that the Lord really, as God, really has no use for any of us. But he has value for us. And in that value for us is that spring of life that comes out. Because we lay it down again. We're not putting our thought life as a daysman, like a somebody between me and God. Lord, I wish you can use me, but I guess you can't. You know, how much have we listened to Satan? How much have we accepted his word over God's and not even have known it? Because we're judging with who we live with. We're judging where we live. We're judging what we don't have. We're comparing ourselves with each other. We're, we're reading books about people who lived 100 years ago, 200 years ago that were seemed so glorious in power. But you know what? Those people paid a great price. Do you know that? You know, when I was reading about their lives, so many of their lives, so many of them suffered from heavy depression, from horrible illnesses. They died young. They didn't have medical attention. Um, they suffered while they served the Lord. And that's the key. See, we're so focused on this glittery kind of look at what they did. They reached all these for Christ. They traveled across China. They did this and that. But you want to know what? Those people suffered in their bodies horrifically. Believe me when I tell you. And you know what? It is. It was during their sufferings. It was during their broken body and that pain that they were able to write the things that they did or know the things that they did. There's no second causes. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? With Jesus Christ as master of time and eternity, there are no second causes. What is done is done in your life. And he is master over that. He's master over your whole time that you're on earth and he'll be ever your master in eternity because he inhabits uh, time and eternity. You know, I think that we do cripple ourselves spiritually by going over all the what ifs. You know, when we see our Lord in this life, it is then, then there's a moment the then comes that we will know him as master of time and eternity. That we won't see this little box that we're in and we're trying to punch our way through the sides and trying to make our way because Christ is our way. He is our life. He is our breath. We died in Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago and now we are with us. For we have been crucified with Christ and now we no longer live but see, Satan wants us to live. He wants us to live the old man life. He wants to get into your head and he wants to say, what if, what if, or now what are you going to do? 
Now what are you going to do? Notice how he puts all everything back on yourself as if you can make a hair on your head white or add an inch to your stature. You know, I think of something that happened um, at the Last Supper. You know, in Matthew 16, 21 through 23, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Satan just so tells on himself right here. Look, Satan savors the things that be of men. He savors the soul of men. He savors the mind of men. Because if you can get all men control of their mind, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because when you start really accepting things as true, it does enter into your heart, which is the centerpiece of your man. And it's like it's like the, the um, motherboard of your entire body. And so if he can get you to start believing, he doesn't care. If you're going to go to read the Bible, some, you know, most people who let him do that. But if he can control you by keeping you believing lies about God, that he, you have no value to him, that you cannot be used of him, and that you blew it all those times back in the what ifs dictionary of your life. As far as Jesus is concerned, that dictionary doesn't even exist with him. He doesn't see you like that at all. Satan wants you to see yourself like that. Because when you start looking at yourself like that, now he's able to control you. No way. Remember, Satan's greatest effort is dethroning God from your life. So he can sit on the throne of your heart instead. He's always a usurper. Remember, he always wants to be God. Small g, of course. But let me say something to you. You know, all your life that you've been alive, God has been articulate with everything. And maybe you don't see that. But you see, there's no mistake in God from the time you decided to put your trust in him. I mean, really trust in him, not just like a hand raised at a meeting and you say some verbal words of accepting Jesus. And then you, there's no change and you just go out and now you call yourself changed and born again and there's no fruit. I would ask you to revisit that again because people that have really, really been born again, even right away, yes. You're a baby. Yes, you have to learn how to eat. You have to learn how to crawl. You have to learn how to walk. You have to learn how to run. It's character building time. But see, your life and everything in it, God is going to use. Every what if that you did. Remember what I was saying? Things that you look back and say, what if that didn't happen? Well, it did. And now you know what? Look at what you gained from it. This is not a raw, raw talk. I'm telling you, Jesus lets nothing go to waste. And that is what Satan is terrified about.
Because see, now you know what Satan does when he tempts. But see, every time God takes you out of that temptation, he deliver. he's your deliverer. He doesn't just deliver you once. He'll deliver you for the rest of your life. Because Jesus lives, you live. So remember, Peter took him, Jesus, and began, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. See, that was the enemy who was speaking through Peter. Who is going to rebuke the Lord? Who's going to rebuke Jesus? You know what? The enemy, he saw something coming and he was using Peter, one of his own, to rebuke him from going to the cross. Jesus put it out there openly. He said from that time forth began Jesus to show in his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem, how he must suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, how he must be killed. And how he must be raised again the third day. Of course, Peter took him and through that spirit, that evil spirit of Satan began to rebuke him and say, be it far from you. Lord, this shall not be unto thee. That's why Jesus rebuked him. Because you see, in that moment, it was really a face off with the enemy because Satan knew that Jesus Christ was going to die and he was going to be that lamb of God. That takes away the sin of the world. When anybody tries to come in between you and Jesus, and it is a spirit, and it is plaguing your heart, your mind, know right now that that is the enemy trying to get in between you and Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you this practical question. If somebody came into your house, and they started to just, some stranger, filthy stranger, they decided they're going to move in. And then when you're just going to live with them and when you try to read your Bible and the, they're maybe whatever they're doing to stop you from doing it as a person to another person, the obvious rhetorical answer is no, absolutely not. You would with some pretty great violence, throw them out of your house. But look at how we, we need to stand up to the enemy, stand up to him. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The he that's in the world is terrified of him that's in you. He's terrified. <clears throat> See, Jesus turned and rebuked Satan. And he said, get thee behind me. In other words, get out of my face. He said, you're an offense unto me. Look at how Jesus dealt with him. You are an offense unto me. For you savor not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. So you see, Satan wants us to always be people that are self-inward, uh, always thinking of self-rights. And he wants us to have self-pity. And even in a sense, Peter, through Satan, was trying to have Jesus have some self-pity. You know what? Jesus is telling us what to do. We directly tell him, get away from me. You know what? Jesus is teaching you how to stand up to a defeated foe. Yes, yes, he has power. And yes, he'll leave you and probably for a short time and come back again. But remember, Jesus Christ sits on the throne of your heart forever. 
you're sealed with the earnest of the redemption, which is the Holy Spirit. You've been bought with a price. You've been redeemed. You know, the word redeemed, you know what it means? Bought back. That's what it means. You've been reconciled. You've been bought back to your father. And your value is so immense and so great and so mighty. And the price paid for you shows you what mighty value you have. Satan has no value. And so a cast down spirit like him wants us to be cast down. No way. We're not cast down. And by the way, he wasn't just cast down once. He has three more cast downs to go because next he'll be cast out of uh, the second heavens. And then he will be cast out, cast down into the bottomless pit. And then when he's loosed for a little season, then for the fourth time, he'll be cast into the lake of fire. So think about it. Heaven, second heaven, cast out of the earth, cast into underneath the earth in the lake of fire. Remember Satan's greatest sin, if you will, is dethroning God out of your life. Don't let him dethrone God. You stand up to him. Stick to your word. Trust the Lord to deliver you. And you can tell him, you can rebuke Satan and tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to Jesus Christ and to me. For you savor not the things that be of God. You savor the things that be of men. But praise the Lord, I savor the things that be of God. And I love him and I savor his love and I savor his power and I savor his authority and I savor his truth. I savor his life and I savor him in your presence. Now get away from me in the name of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it's probably time for me to cut it short now and to say goodbye to you guys for now. But remember. Don't cripple yourself by going over the what ifs. They don't exist anymore. You know what you savor in? Savor the things that be of God. Let your mind soak in his word. Let it pour over you. Let it in flood you. Let his Holy Spirit have the preeminence. Let him anoint your head with fresh oil. Let him, re let him joy over you with rejoicing. Let him cover you under his wings and let him refresh you with his love and his friendship. Savor those things that be of God, the master, Jesus Christ, <coughs> the master of time and eternity. And then you will see when you really realize that, that he's been master of your time all the time. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also. And that's you. That it was, is of a contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And those are the ones who dwell and inhabit time at this time. He is master. Jesus Christ is master of all time. 
and all eternity. And lock yourself in, tuck yourself into Christ, tuck yourself into him. And you let the enemy know, just like you can say to him, you're not coming in here. You are not welcome here. I have, you have nothing you can sell me and you betray your own presence. Praise the Lord. We're his, you're his. Jesus Christ is the master of your time and eternity. Amen. God bless you. Go with the Lord. Maranatha.